Volcano Watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I am one of your hosts, Alessandro Mosu. And I'm your other host, Corinne Jorgensen. We're PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and are here to give you all the hot volcano news. First, a quick update on some of the week's volcanic activity. And then a very interesting focus on the volcanic activity in our solar system. Let's get to it! It's May 11th at the time of recording, and let's start from the Americas, where, as usual, we documented several ash advisories from Fuego, Sabancaya, Sangay, Popocatepetl, Reventador, and Nevados de Xi'an. It's continuing also the strong competition between Sangay and Sabancaya for the highest plume of the week, that sees Sabancaya's winner with a 7.9 kilometer tall ash column. The new eruption is still continuing at Pacaya in Guatemala, where the lava flows generated from the new fissure vent have now traveled more than two kilometers. After a series of rainfalls, few lahars took place on different valleys on Soufrie Saint Vincent volcano in the West Indies. Lahars are basically really destructive mud flows, a mixture of water and pyroclastic debris flowing down the slope of a volcano. The recent eruptions of Soufrie Saint Vincent generate a huge amount of fresh pyroclastic material in the volcano valleys. This material has been remobilized by the heavy rainfalls these days, generating this very dangerous lahar. Apart from the lahars, the volcano shows no activity since the 22 of April, so some day after, the National Emergency Management Organization decided to lower the volcanic alert level from red to orange. In Ecuador, Reventaroa is continuing its eruptive activity consisting of frequent explosions from the summit crater, producing small pyroclastic flows and plumes about 4.6 kilometers high. It's now time for Europe, where Etna, after the Lystromboy activity that characterized the last few days of April, took another nap, which actually ended on the evening of the 3 of May, when Stromboyan activity once again resumed. I'm happy to report that the eruption continues at Valgra de las Fjells, mainly consisting in regular intervals of pulsating, short-lived lava fountains, with lava jets touching and surpassing 400 meters, which is so high. Oh, it's pretty cool. The effusive activity at Pitot de la Fournaise, uh, La Réunion France, uh, which has been decreasing since the 2 of May, is continuing to slow down. The two main cinder cones forming around fissure vents are still active and the lava flows as well are slowly advancing towards Grandes Pentas. But it's now time to fly in Asia and Oceania where we saw some ash advisories from Dukano, Swanozajima, Sakurajima, Samaru and Sinabung. The winner for the highest plume competition in this side of the world is Sinabung, with 5.5 km of eruptive column. Yeah, and indeed, Sinabung was on fire this week with high levels of activity consisting in volcanian explosions with tephra ejections up to 5.5 kilometers. The lava dome is growing every day and the alert level remains high. Continuous tremor and fumaroles activity from Tal in the Philippines, where the ground deformation data highlight an inflection and expansion expansion of the volcanic region started on January. Always in the Philippines, also Mayan Volcano is producing some weak glowing from the crater, but for the moment nothing more than this. And Canalon, located in the central area of the Philippines, is producing some low-level activity, mainly represented by earthquakes and small 300 meter high steam plumes. 
We're still watching White Island, which some of you might remember um, erupted uh, a few years ago, and unfortunately somebody died. Uh, and currently it's it's a little bit more active with a series of seismic swarms leading to a volcanic tremor, but no signs of eruptive activity for the moment. Since the 4th of May, gas and steam plumes are observed on top of Ambe Volcano in the Vanuatu Island in the South Pacific Ocean, 500 kilometers northeast from the New Caledonia. This activity was accompanied by an increase of the seismic unrest. The seismic activity also increased at Aso Volcanic Area in Japan, with fluctuations of volcanic tremors often related to the upcoming eruptions. The alert level is rising there, and we'll keep you updated on this area. And that's it for the quick update of today. If you want to learn more or collect some more information, we recommend you to check out our main sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com and the Smithsonian Global Volcanism Project. Okay, it's time for the focus. Okay, today for the special focus, we're going to leave our planet for a while and explore other celestial bodies. Accompanying us on this journey will be Maximiliano Fastelli, a great friend and a PhD student at the University of Perugia. He studies the mineralogical composition of the surface of icy bodies in our solar system. So, first of all, hello Max and welcome to our podcast. Hi Corinne, hi Alessandro, thanks for inviting me to your podcast. We are very, very happy to have you here and look forward to starting this explosive journey through the solar system. So in the previous episode, we explored the volcanic activity in our planet, and we can probably imagine volcanic eruption on planets similar to our own, such as Mars, for example. But are there somewhere outside the atmosphere eruption in celestial body other than our own with dynamics far removed from those on Earth? Volcanic phenomena are quite common uh, in the solar system, in particular in the Earth-like planet uh, such as Mars or Venus. Uh, in these bodies, temperatures are relatively high and heavy elements are present, so we can talk about volcanoes similar uh, to what our audience is familiar with. But far from the sun in the icy bodies, the temperatures are very low and here uh, eruptions are called uh, cryovolcanism, defined as the uh, eruption of liquid or vapor phase uh, of water or other, volatile, or other volatiles uh, uh, that would be frozen solid at the normal temperature of the icy satellite surface. Okay, this is super cool. But where and why do these cryovolcanic eruptions occur? Cryovolcanism activity is strictly related to the presence of ocean underneath the crust or local accumulation of salty water called brine. And this condition can be found in the icy bodies, uh, for example, in the um, Jupiter moons or in the Ceres dwarf planet or uh, inside Pluto. As for the terrestrial eruption, uh, is necessary some sort of uh, heating process, and the main process that can generate the required heat are accretion, uh, that is the kinetic energy of the planetesimal is converted into heat, the decay of uh, short-lived uh, radioactive isotopes, mm-hmm. uh, the decay of long-lived uh, radiogenic isotopes, and uh, uh, tidal uh, dissipation. Wow, so these extraterrestrial eruptions are 
very intriguing topic and I really need to know some more about them. So why is it so important to study such processes? Studying this kind of phenomena is particularly important uh, because it gives us an insight about the internal composition and activities of these bodies. And this information are especially useful uh, to determine how our solar system formed and evolved in the distant past. Amazing! Max, okay, so tell us a little bit about your project. What are you studying? How does your project help us to better understand these icy bodies in our solar system and their volcanic activity? As said in the introduction, I studied the uh, mineralogical surface composition of the icy planetary bodies uh, through spectroscopic and uh, diffractometric technique uh, in particular, uh, analyzing uh, emissivity and reflectance spectra and uh, X-ray data from synchrotron at different temperature and pressure to characterize uh, the surface of these bodies and create uh, some model of the internal uh, of these bodies. To understand the cryovolcanism uh, activities and uh, internal dynamics, uh, modeling the internal structure of these bodies can help us to investigate the past and the future of these bodies and uh, study uh, the minerals presence on the surface a different pressure and temperature can be a good approach to uh, determine uh, this condition thank you very very much max that is a super cool field and i wish you good luck with your research and i hope uh, to have you back here in the future for another freezing journey thank you for the nice talk Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Max. Yeah, this has been really cool. Thanks so much. And that's all for the focus of the day. Uh, you can... Uh, wait, Corinne, can I tell you a joke bordering on the volcanic spacey? Yes, yeah. Okay, tell me your joke. Really, can I? Yes, yes. So, Corinne, do you know what space and volcanoes have in common? Go ahead, Alessandro. Enlighten me. They both have wormholes. No. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, Alessandro, this is... A... And thank you very much for spending a little bit of your time with us this week. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye.